Okay, <clears throat> thank you, Pastor. Let's go ahead and find Proverbs chapter number 24. And uh, we are praying for Pastor's family and, and, hope, uh, and his uh, extended family. And uh, Trish, Daryl, and hope you'll just sort of keep everybody in your prayers. And, and uh, our praying for one another draws us closer to each other too because we, we share the burden of another in our prayer. Uh, Dr. Jack Hiles always said, he said, if, uh, <clears throat> if you don't have burdens of your own, go and find somebody else's to carry. Uh, but we ought to always be looking to carry the burden of others. Jesus carried our burdens. And so that's just part of being Christ-like, being like Jesus. And I like to talk about being Christ-like. I, I think that Christians ought to be like Jesus. And I think that we ought to learn uh, how he did things and we ought to uh, meditate more on the admonitions of the Bible that we often speed past, uh, particularly when we read things that pertain to our behaviours. You know, sometimes we just kind of nod like, yes, they were beautiful words, that's a beautiful thought, but we don't always meditate enough on the fact of, well, how can I, how should I be living that? Well, Lord, what are you saying to me about that? <clears throat> If, uh, you know, if you only ever said to me, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy, Lord, well, what would that mean for me? What would you be telling me? And so I think that's important and I think it's part of being a church family. Proverbs chapter 24, and also appreciate when Pastor got up and he said, I asked Pastor Shemish to preach at short notice. You know, every time they, when a pastor introduces you that way, gives you an out. So, so if it all goes horribly wrong, people go, oh, well, he had short notice. Uh, but, but that's really not my excuse. Really, you, you get what you get. If I'd had three weeks' notice, it'll, it'll, it'll be what it is. So, um, and I'm always, frankly, I'm always honoured to be in the pulpit. And I'm always here by invitation. Uh, it's pastor who decides who preaches and who doesn't here. And uh, so if he asks me, I'm honoured to do that. And when he doesn't ask me, I'm double honoured to sit and listen and receive from him. I always get a blessing. Uh, Proverbs chapter 24. I just want to read one verse uh, that we already read. Verse number 15. Thank you, Michael, for reading it. I was particularly glad that you read it this morning. Uh, Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. And I'm just going to give you an exhortation this morning. Uh, from that one verse, just give you a few maybe practical outworkings and just a few thoughts about particularly that last phrase, uh, spoil not his resting place. And uh, I'm going to do this because I just believe that Christians ought to, ought to act like Jesus. Christians ought to uh, be conscious of their conduct. Uh, Christians particularly ought to think about when they do something, how does that affect somebody else? And uh, that's the nature of being Christ-like. We, we're not for a moment uh, deluded into thinking that everybody in the world thinks that way. Many live for themselves with little regard to the effect it has on anybody else. Uh, but we are not of the many. Uh, we are of the few. We are of those who are on the narrow road that leads to eternal life. And uh, so our way of living is different. And uh, so we're going to just, uh, just, just give you a few practical thoughts from there. Don't think it'd be too long. 
Uh, before we do that, just in terms of context of our times, I just want to read uh, to you Luke chapter 18, verse 8, that you would have read, I think, many times uh, in, in uh, reference to the coming of the Lord, <clears throat> which will be soon. I tell you, uh, Luke uh, 18, verse 8, it follows the parable of the, the woman uh, who, who, well, I don't know if it was a parable, the woman who kept going to the judge. I tell you that uh, he will avenge them speedily, talking about God avenging his own. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Uh, uh, what an amazing statement. Uh, what a sobering statement that Jesus would say pertaining to his coming back, that when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? And uh, what we're seeing is a diminishing of faith, a diminishing of the people of faith, and, uh, and uh, that's become a, a, a sobering question for our day. It's a statement about the conditions that we live in and uh, the timing uh, that we find ourselves in as people who will be near the Lord's coming. Uh, difficult times when faith in God will be tested. These are our days. An environment that really is contrary to faithfulness. And so these are the times that we live in. And you say, well, Pastor Shemish, why do you say that? Look, I, I, I say it because I really believe that we live in a day where God's people need each other more than before. Uh, we live in a time where it's particularly difficult. And uh, if you're someone who wants to lead a Christ-honoring life and you want to do things that please God and and uh, no doubt you're seeing the way the world is going and, and uh, perhaps some are shocked, perhaps some are shell-shocked. Like I, the speed of all this has just caught me uh, unexpectedly. So it's a difficult day and it's a day when many Christians can be discouraged and I think we, it's a time when uh, we particularly need each other uh, more than any time before. And I'd like to ask you to double down on that and uh, just, just double down on the fact, look, it's a, it's a tough day for everybody and uh, this is a time where, uh, you know, we need to guard ourselves but more than that, I, I need to be all I can be to other believers. Uh, I, I, I need to double down on my kindness to other Christians. I need to double down on my carefulness in the words I use in speaking to other believers because I want to be somebody who strengthens the brethren in this day and not somebody who adds to their burdens or, or weakens their hand. I, I, I don't want to do that. So uh, with that in mind, uh, this simple exhortation, uh, lay, not, uh, lay not weight, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. And so the thought I want you to just meditate on and is to don't spoil the resting place of another. Don't spoil the resting place of another. You know, we all need a resting place. God made us that way. Uh, we were created to need rest. Uh, we were created that a, a, you know, a third or so or of our life would be spent in physical rest. Uh, no matter what you do, no matter how strong you are, 
uh, those who've trained in the military or have special forces are, uh, are taught how long you can go without sleep before you die. And, uh, and uh, there's a limit to that. So God made us uh, as people, it's not an option, it's needful that we would have physical rest. Uh, God said you, 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 you're to be that way. Uh, God implemented the concept of the Sabbath, uh, where God said to his people, I want you to take a day of rest in seven. And uh, God, who needed no rest himself, uh, decided to rest as a demonstration and as an example to us, that we would also take that day in seven to rest. God knows that we cannot function without rest. And uh, so the, to, to spoil uh, the resting place of another is quite a grievous thing to do. To spoil the resting place of another is to wound them and uh, to cause them distress. Now, in our minds, we need rest. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll attack it a little bit from that angle this morning. Uh, we need rest in our mind. Uh, I was looking this week on the uh, kind of medications that are being prescribed uh, to uh, the Western world. The, the, I was looking at America, the UK, here. And uh, anti-anxiety medications uh, are just being prescribed at record numbers. And if you're on them, by the way, no criticism. None, none. Uh, you're speaking to someone who understands, so peace be to you. But uh, if, you're, uh, if you're on any of that kind of medication uh, or antidepressants or such things, uh, I'm just saying that the medications are being prescribed uh, not, to, not to a few thousand people, not to a few hundred thousand, not to a million, but, but way, way beyond that. Millions uh, all over the world Millions in Australia, more than two million uh, here in Australia. It may be way more than two million, but certainly more than two million people uh, in Australia and other places. And that's an indication that people's minds are not at rest. Pe people are having a great, uh, uh, they're having difficulty getting rest in their mind. And uh, so we do need to rest our mind and we need to be aware that others need to have a dwelling place of rest and they need to rest their mind. Things like worry. You know, worry wars on your mind. It takes away your rest. Uh, how many ever laid in bed and, and you knew you should have been sleeping and, and you wished you could, but, but uh, your mind wouldn't shut down. Your mind wouldn't stop. Uh, you, were, you were worried. And uh, anxiety. Uh, you had anxiety about something. If you ever... If you're a person given to that, if you've ever had that, it's a terrible torment and uh, it wars on your rest. It wars on your ability to rest your mind. Fears. Uh, fears can keep us awake, can steal our rest. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's a blessed thing when you can take your fears and you can give them to Jesus and quote a Bible verse, you know, God hath not given us a spirit of fear. And, and that's all good, but, but sometimes people do all of that uh, but fears still arrest them, and uh, they, they worry, they worry. And, uh, and fears take different shapes. Sometimes, sometimes people worry about others. Sometimes parents lay in bed at night worrying about their child. 
and worrying about his future or her future and worrying about the kind of life that they're going to have. And, uh, and, uh, and they can be, that can be very disturbing and troublesome and, and rob you of your resting place. Uh, torments. You know, there are such things as mental plagues, uh, things that just, just plague you and, uh, and uh, they just keep visiting you and you just wish it would go away. And uh, maybe you pray uh, and you ask others to pray, but it's a mental plague and uh, it just plagues your mind and, and, uh, and causes all sorts of turmoil. Uh, sometimes our mind can be vexed. Uh, to be vexed, that is a strong word in the Bible. When you, your mind is vexed, you, 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 your spirit, you're greatly troubled about something. And all of those things can take away a person's resting place, can, uh, can stop them sleeping. You know, uh, one of the joys of being around my grandchildren is to see their lack of care about, about, it, about most things. Uh, they're not... They're not they're not disturbed about the state of the nation. Uh, they, I don't, they don't look like they're giving that much thought. Uh, they, uh, they, they can pass over almost anything, you know, and, uh, and uh, that's the beauty of being a child. And we wouldn't want to rob it. No child should be robbed of that. Uh, children should be like children. It's a joy to see children just enjoying their, their time their, as a child. But regrettably, we can't stay a child. We... We grow up and we have to face uh, the harshness of the world we live in. And there are just a lot of things that can come against us that, that can, can steal our resting place, uh, that can, can cause uh, a lot of worry. You know, sometimes uh, you, you don't know all the details, but you're just worried about some things. I've noticed that my mind is very good at filling in the blanks <laughs> with the worst possible scenarios. I've noticed that my mind can, can actually, uh, when, I'm not, when I know a little bit but I don't know the rest, my mind will cater to that and will always fill in the blanks. And, and my mind can take me on a story, you know, that, that very likely this is going to happen. And then once that happens, well, for sure, this is what's going to happen, which is going to lead to this. And we go on a journey together, and it's an awful journey, and all of that can rob you. Uh, of, your, of your resting place, your, your, your peace. Now, God said here in verse number 15 uh, that to take, to, to spoil somebody of his resting place is the, is the act <coughs> of a wicked man, of a wicked man. And I want you just to digest that. I want you just to just, just understand that, that God said it would, it's the actions of, of a wicked man to spoil the resting place of another. It's pretty serious in the way God looks at it. That if you're responsible, if it's you doing it, and you're spoiling the resting place of another, you're quite wicked. You're in the category of someone who's, who's done something quite wicked. It's not a light thing what you've done. Now, uh, many years ago, uh, uh, there, some here, I think, are in the process of recovering some of the early sermons that I, I preached here back maybe 20 years ago that were on tape. Kids, you'll have to ask your parents about that. And uh, that was on uh, a cassette tape. And, uh, and uh, 
and they've recovered some, and I'm, and I'm thankful for that, and my, my family and a few others have got hold of those, and they're listening. And, but I was listening just uh, through the week. I wanted to listen to myself, you know, 20 years ago. And, uh, and one thing, I was listening, and I thought, my, I was, I was much more distinctly Australian in my slang. I, everything, I sounded like, you know, a, a backyard butcher. I was just, my English was very, very Aussie, much more than even now. And, uh, but the second thing uh, I picked, I thought, oh, that was a little bit harsh. I was, uh, I was listening, I said, oh, that's a bit harsh. And, uh, and, you know, I reflect on the fact that probably years ago, uh, I may have been a little bit harsh and not given thought to the fallout of that. And, uh, and the young can do that. But uh, I've learned through uh, the, uh, maybe the previous decade or so, through a bit of bruising in life, that what I've learned is this. I don't want to be an instrument that would spoil somebody else's resting place. Even on occasions, and most pastors will understand this, or most preachers of any kind, even on occasions when I feel God would give me something harder to preach, harder to say, uh, and I feel like the Lord is asking me to preach it, and every pastor or preacher should preach the full counsel of God. Uh, the Word of God is not a buffet where you select what you will and leave the rest. Uh, it's the whole meal, and we must take it. But even on occasions when I've had to do that, you know, I, I, when it's all done and it's all over and I've done what I'm supposed to do, I don't walk away feeling joyous. I often walk away feeling a little slumped. Because I know that that's probably weighed heavy on some folks. And I find no joy in that. And I don't, I don't like to do that. And I, I wish I never had to do that. But it does fall to the men of God to preach the whole counsel of God. It, it falls to sometimes parents to say difficult things to children. But, <clears throat> but I don't want to be someone who spoils the resting place of another. And I, I want you to think about that is just a, a tenet of Christian conduct. That is one who uh, calls the name of Christ, that you would be careful, that you would not do something or say something or behave in a manner that would spoil the resting place of another. What, what do you mean? Uh, I mean that you would not be the one that they're laying in bed at night unable to sleep because you said something, that, that you would not be the cause of that. That you would not be the instrument that brought trouble to another family or another home or another lady or another man where they're having difficulty sleeping and the rest is disturbed and they're troubled because of what you did. And I'm saying that that is not the way of a Christian that we, we must understand that there, there can be uh, fallout or repercussions from things we say and do. And we need, to be, we need to be more careful with our words. Uh, it's not a good thing. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm sad to say, but I'll bear my soul a little bit. In my 30 years of married life, there have been a few occasions where my words have caused my wife to break into tears and crying. 
And it's not a nice thing when you're standing outside the bedroom door and you hear your loved one inside crying or upset because of what you said. And I'm, I'm here to confess that as being a sin that should not be in the, in the life of a Christian. And I'm saying that all of us need to, to examine ourselves and our Christian conduct to each other, uh, to our families, to those we meet outside, that we would not be used to spoil another's resting place. I don't think I need to tell you that the world has enough hurt already. And I don't think we need to be loading anybody up. I don't think anybody needs to, to get a little bit more from us. And so let's just, let's just double down on that a little bit, on Christian kindness and being careful. In Romans 12 verse 18 we read, If it be possible, as much as lieth with you, live peaceably with all men. Uh, that's that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a command, an admonition. Now, now sometimes uh, it's, it, it gets beyond you. You're just not the only factor. You wish you could, but you can't. But as much as you can, he says, live peaceably with all men. That would be people in the church. That would be your neighbours. That would be the others that you meet in your life. To, to be a sweet saver, uh, to be that salt of the earth that Jesus spoke of. To be that light in a dark place. To, to just, just practice Christian kindness <coughs> in your conduct. Uh, I guess it was last year. It just, just it was a minor thing, but, but uh, it touched me a little bit. I was standing ordering a roast meat sandwich, you know, where they cut the beef and put it on the, the bread and a bit of gravy. And I was ordering a roast meat sandwich and so a few people at the counter where I was and there was a lady, uh, elderly lady, uh, older than I, uh, uh, on my uh, right-hand side at the counter. She ordered her meal. I don't know what it was. Uh, but uh, she ordered and, and she was a little frail and a little feeble. And uh, she, went, she, went, they, she went to pay. The person said, I don't know, they might have said $12 or 14 or whatever it was they told her. And I was standing there and I looked over and I saw her open up her, her little purse and she had but a few notes in there and she was trying to sort of pull out just, you know, the right money and I glanced down and I said to the person serving, I said, uh, just, oh, and they looked at me and I said, and so uh, I gave over the money and they paid mine and they paid hers and, and I you know, I went to walk away and uh, she, uh, she pulled out her money and they said, oh, no, 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 that, that man paid for you. And she looked a little bit bewildered and, and, and I was sort of starting to walk away. They said, you know, he, and the, the people behind the shop were smiling and that's the good thing about doing good things. Everybody feels good and, and, uh, and, and they were smiling and they said, oh, no, he, you know, he paid for you. And, uh, and, and here's what struck me. She said, old Australian lady, oh, oh, and I don't even know you. Oh, there are still good people left in the world. 
That's what she said. Well, you know, that was cheap value, wasn't it? I, I, I got a lot for that, I tell you what. Boy, the people at the shop were, and she was touched, and I thought, I'm so glad I did that. And, uh, and I'm just saying we, Christian conduct is about being kind. Be, being, a, being a follower of Jesus is about doing things like that. And one of the things that you do as a follower of Jesus is you be careful that you're not used to spoil the resting place of another. What we want to do is help people be stronger. What we, what we want to do is encourage them. We want to live peaceably uh, with all men as much as we could. I don't know if you saw on the news, but uh, on Friday night at Milton, a uh, German backpacker was, uh, you know, s- stabbed and, and killed. And, and uh, what came down, apparently, they, they, it'll come out in the courts, but somebody's since been arrested. But they said uh, it was a case of road rage. And uh, I thought about that, and one of the policemen making comment, he, he said what I was thinking. He said, you know, we, we, we need to think more carefully about our actions. He said, the, the, the lives of two people today has been dramatically changed. Uh, two families will live with this for, for the rest of their lives. The family of the, of the person who has been killed and the family of the one who did it. And he said, he said, neither of those two people woke up this morning thinking that they were going to do what they did today. But it just happened. And, and uh, th- that's a case of just not living peaceably. Th- if we're going to live peaceably with people, there's a time where even you're offended. Even somebody does do something to you. That part of living peaceably is that you just, you, you, you humble yourself. You say, well, well, it's not right, it's not fair, you're probably, probably true. But humble yourself. Humble yourself like the Saviour did when they took his beard and plucked it from his face. And he could have called a legion of angels. Uh, he, he, he could have done anything when they walked up and spat in his face. And he didn't do anything. Uh, 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 you know, the only thing that, that, that kept Jesus going through all of that, the only thing that kept Jesus on the cross, let me remind you, the nails did not keep Jesus on the cross. He could have stepped down any time. Jesus stayed there because he loved you and he wanted to be obedient to the Father. And if the Son of God, who created the whole world and was holding together the molecules that made up the body of the person who spat in his face, if the Son of God humbled himself that way, then who would we be to to lift ourselves up in contention uh, with another by pride? Let's just humble ourselves and be peacemakers. In Matthew 5 verse 9 we read, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You know, just there's a good verse. Just, just chew on that for one week. Blessed are the peacemakers. God's children should be known as peacemakers, not troublemakers. Uh, our conduct with each other, with, with our families, with those outside, with those we work with, uh, with our neighbours, even with difficult people. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, to be a maker of peace 
is to come between people and bring them together. Uh, when you do that, you're a peacemaker. And uh, you'll get opportunities many times where you can, you can add to division, you can add to discontent, you can add to discouragement, or you can say, this is my moment to be a peacemaker. This is my moment to speak wisely that I may bring these two together. Many times in Thailand when some of our men will war on each other or fight, or, uh, and it takes a lot for it to spill out with them, they, they hold it in up until you know, a, a breaking point and then they, then they can be crazy. Hopefully I wouldn't understand that. And, uh, and uh, they, uh, many times I have to sit with them and they might say, well, you know, so-and-so has done this and this and this. They're quite worked up. And I'll say, well, mm. I'll say, you know what? He was just saying last week what a good friend you were to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he said it's been really good to be here, to be with you. And that how much he enjoyed when you and him did this and this. So he said, what are you doing? I'm doing this. I'm, doing, I'm not doing this. I'm doing this. What are you doing that for? Blessed are the peacemakers. Because my Lord told me, make peace between people. My Lord said, be a bridge between two that there could be peace. And that's what you're supposed to do. That, that you, 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 you try to be a peacemaker, you, you try to help. Uh, you're not the one who spoils the resting place of another. You know, when you, when you, put, some, when you put yourself in the, the shoes of, a, of another person, and by that, you know what we mean, like we say walk a mile in their shoes or to understand their life. When you take a moment to try to understand someone's life, uh, then you're not likely to want to be the spoiler of their resting place. There's a lot of stories in the room this morning, and we don't know them all, but most people here today have considerable burdens. And if we could understand all that they were carrying we probably wouldn't be given to spoiling their resting place. We probably would think, I don't want to load them up. Well, God forbid that I should be somebody to make them feel a little bit worse. God forbid that the looseness of my mouth would further disturb that one who's already going through difficult things. It's already hard for them. And I, I don't want to do that. Uh, we just need to... We just need to be careful. I, I, I try to practice this principle of not spoiling somebody's resting place. And uh, in practical ways, for example, I never do this. I never say to someone, um, I want you to come and see me tomorrow. I have something to talk to you about. <laughs> okay? So 11 o'clock tomorrow. Now, now, when you do that, do you know what you do when you do that? You just did that verse. You spoil their resting place. Okay? No, th that's what you did. Because now their mind is going to tick over, what, what did I do? And maybe, maybe and they're going to think, what, what is this about? 
or, or what, what could this be? And you know what I say, when, when you don't know, have you noticed your mind will fill in the blanks? It's probably this, or it could be this. And what you actually do, you put that person into a certain amount of torment. And, uh, and you shouldn't do that. There's no need to do that. Or if you're going to say, oh, I'll, uh, can you come and see me at 11 o'clock tomorrow? Here's what I'd say. Look, I just wanted to chat with you about this and this and this. Uh, that was all it was. So I, I, will that be okay? Why would you do that? I deliberately just want to give some peace. That's practical, but that helps people. Don't, 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 don't do that. Be, be careful. I, I, don't do that with your kids. You know, you, they, they get a text that, you know, through the middle of the day. Uh, when you get home from school, uh, I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> Come and see me immediately, in caps. Well, you've just, the whole days, you've just, you've just wasted your school fees for that day because they're not going to learn, they're, their mind is somewhere else, uh, they're going to be upset. You, you know what you did? You spoiled their rest. And, and they're just practical things that we just, just, if we just think about somebody else and think, look, I, I don't, I don't want to be an instrument of that. Speak words of peace and comfort to those that you are around. That's what Jesus did. Speak words of peace. Le uh, 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 learn a new way. Learn a new way to talk. Learn, learn a way where when you sit and talk, you think, what good thing can I say? Le learn a new way where you think, how could I encourage this person? What's something truthful that I could say that might just help them and live? That's what Jesus would do. That's what he did. That's what he even did when people were caught in their sin and brought to his feet. And, uh, and uh, he said, uh, after they all disappeared, he'd written in the sand, he said, a woman, um, where are thine accusers? And uh, probably she looked up. You know, she was waiting for the rocks. She looked up. She said, well, they're gone. He said, neither do I can go thy way and sin no more. I mean, he was a comfort. He was a comfort. He was someone you could go to that even if you got yourself in a mess, he still comforted you. He still, he still helped you. He still, he still offered you words of peace and encouragement. He always gave you hope. And that's what we should be. That's, that's Christ-likeness. You ought to practice it yourself. You ought to practice it in your home. You ought to be, you ought to, you ought to be that way in the church. Uh, you need to be particularly careful, I think, with people who are a little bit weaker, whether they're weaker in their physical strength or weaker in mind. Sometimes people just go through seasons of weakness. And if you discern that somebody is in a season of weakness, that's a time to be double careful. Because they're going to be particularly susceptible to, they're already weak. Be, be careful. Romans 15 verses uh, 1 to 3. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbour for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written... The reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. So the, so the apostle teaches, uh, we that are strong bear, bear the infirmities of the weak. I remember many years ago here in the church, uh, a, a lady in the church, she, she might be here this morning, I don't know, I haven't looked carefully enough, but uh, it's not a bad story to tell. 
Uh, but many years ago, a lady in the church here who was, who was going through a difficult time and, and was, you know, uh, struggling a little bit uh, and, and infirm. And, uh, and, and I remember her coming and sharing with me and she was, she, was, she was just a bit shaken and upset. And you know when someone's shaken, whatever's caused it, it's sad to see somebody shaken. And she was a bit shaken and upset. And she came and she said, uh, she said Pastor, I got so-and-so to sign my Bible. And, uh, and I just, you know, and this was a few days before. And this is the verse that he signed. And uh, when, we, when I looked at that verse, when we went to that verse... That verse said, it was one of those verses like, and he shall smite thee with blindness and curse thee. And it was, it was one of those verses, right? Okay, it was, it was, it was, it was one of those. And, uh, and so it, she, she, she'd looked at that. Uh, and you know what it did? It had, it had, it spoiled her resting place for days, for days. Uh, she, and I don't, she's probably thinking, she didn't, I didn't ask, but she's probably thinking all kinds of things like, well, is this the Lord? It was the Lord saying this to me, that he's going to smite me and curse me, and was this the Lord? And she was, she, and when we looked at it, we looked at it, and, and, and I think the outcome, we looked at it closer and said, you know, it does look like that, but I don't think it's that. I think this is the reference. And, and that was a whole lot better. And I think it was nothing more than, but, 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 you know, in the moment, somebody went through several days of troubling torments over that. And don't, you know, you can laugh, but, but if you believe God said that to you, you, believe me, your rest will flee from you too. If you, if you think God's got your number over something and he's about to, you know, uh, and, and I, so she was just feeling a little weakened. That's what it's saying. If you, if you that are stronger, bear the infirmities of the weak. Don't, don't dismiss them. Don't. Don't make light of what they're feeling. Don't, 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 you know, tell them they're just crazy or bear the, bear the burden, bear the burden. Let's be proactive in helping somebody preserve their resting place. Uh, be assuring. Uh, be loving. Uh, are you the kind of person that, that people don't need to, they're certain of who you are? So what do you mean? Well, I remember many, many years ago, uh, you know, someone would come up to me after a Sunday morning service and they, they might shake my hand and they'd say, Pastor, that's just a great message. You know, we really, we really thank God for you. And that would encourage me until the next week when they wouldn't speak to me about the next message I preached. And so then when they came up again and said, Pastor, that was just a great... You know what you start to think? I don't know who you are. I don't know if today we're this... Or today we're, we're this. I don't know. And, and you don't have confidence with someone like that. Now, I, I say that to say, don't you be that person. Be the person that people are certain of. Be, be the person that, that they can say, you know what, that's not, he wouldn't even think that way. Uh, yeah, but no, no. <laughs> he, he, does, he wouldn't even think that way. He doesn't even do that. He, that's not who he is. And uh, if you be, be a person that people can count on, can rely on, that they know who you are and you're loving and you're careful with your words, uh, you know, that can help somebody to have their resting place. And so that's it for this morning.
Uh, read the verse again. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. And if we leave here today just with that burned into us a little bit more, that I'm not going to be somebody who spoils the resting place of another. Uh, and if you do have some of those nights where you lay there and, and rest is, uh, has fled from you, David said that happened to him, uh, then that would be a time to pause and remind yourself, God forbid that I would do this to anybody else. God forbid. People are, people are reckless in their Facebook posts. People are reckless in the comments that they say. People are reckless in emails they bang out and send. Uh, they can have extraordinary outworkings uh, against others. And so let's be very careful. God help me to uh, not to spoil the resting place of another. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. I wonder if you can just keep your Bible open to that passage there. I just want to say something here and not, uh, not uh, in any way add or take away. just want to illuminate just something you were saying at the very end there. And no, Pastor Shemesh is fine with that. If you notice in verse 15, this morning's reading says, Lay not wait, a wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. You, you see there's a context here that our dwelling place ought to be a place of rest because you notice the verse here doesn't end with a full stop ends with a semicolon because it goes on to say for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again and so there's a context here that every one of us no matter who we are will have a time of falling but what will make someone is whether they get up again or not and so you don't lay in wait looking to get someone at home to find an error to catch them out. Nor do you try to rob their rest, which is everything that was said today, because home ought to be a place where people can rest. Even if they've had a fall, they can go home and they can rest and recover and rise up again. And I just, I, I didn't want to take away from it, but just when Pastor Jim was saying at the end, that was what I was going to say with we have to be aware of the world we live in. You see, one of the things I've noticed that really bothers me for the young generation is people don't go home and rest anymore because they're online all the time. People used to leave things at work and go home and rise up the next day for a new day. Oh, well, it's a new beginning. I had a bad one yesterday. We'll try again. But people are so in each other's lives all the time, we can be guilty of laying weight. Because is there a truth in life that the more time you spend with someone, the more of their faults you're going to see. But some of it is just not meant to be that way. And so it can affect our attitude and approach to each other. Rather than being a blessing and living peacefully, we can in turn be looking for that thing. So both sides. One, we can be reckless in our Facebook posts if you don't switch off yourself. But two, others can be looking out to find those things as well. And these... These verses really speak to the heart of, of our conduct in so many ways. So, again, I want to give you the message after the message, but I think it's important you see the link there between the, those verses here. We should not be looking to catch others out. We should be not looking to 
to uh, rob people of their rest, we should remember that a dwelling place ought to be a place of rest. And Pastor Chairman said that our home should be that way, our church should be that way. You know, you ought not to be in church trying to catch someone else out. I hate it when I see that. So troubling. And let me just say as your pastor, I hate it because you don't know how much work someone else has put into building that person up and then you come and say something and they leave and never come back. And it might have been six or 12 months of prayer and work and and then you rob them. Because this, this is what a lot, a lot of times people will say to me and say, well, pastor, I'm not, I'm not leaving because of the doctrine. You know, I believe what the church believes, but, you know, so-and-so, but so-and-so, and we rob someone else's dwelling place. And we don't want to be that, that, uh, that resting place, sorry. We don't want to be the person that robs that resting place. I've said to you many times, we spend enough time together, we're all going to see each other fall at times. But we want to encourage each other to get up and keep going. Because that's what family does. You know, family knows at Christmas you have that, that crazy uncle there who, you know, he's just going to be what he is, but he's still invited to Christmas lunch because he's part of the family. And sometimes in church we're going to have those moments too where someone's going to rob you the wrong way, but we're in the journey together. And don't rob someone else of, of that resting place. I really believe that people should have the right to come to church and rest. We serve and we give and we do all of that, but when we gather together and we sing to the Lord and we hear from the Lord, we ought to be able to come in and rest from the things that are going on outside and not be reminded all the time of what we're not and of what we wish we were and of what's not happened and what we wish was different. And I want us to be that kind of people. So see the link there? It's not a full stop. It's a semicolon. Because the end will work itself out, but let's not be the people who rob each other of rest.